1: Bo, how you doing? I'm well, John. How are you? I'm doing fine. It's uh, it's a new month. We've you know Pat Pat's running just a little bit late tonight, so he'll be on here just about any minute. But I I worried there for a minute that October got him.
2: It is a difficult month for him.
1: It is. but you know what? I for the however many decades we've been doing this podcast now, he's he's soldiered on valiantly.
2: I have been impressed with his fort- fortitude mm-hmm. among difficult circumstances.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so he's well, we, We've been doing this like seven years now, so that's it, that's seven wow, October. Oh, really?
2: That's just crazy, town.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's seven October's that Pat has made it through. So lucky number seven for Pat.
2: Yeah, that's impressive.
1: But here we are in th- in uh, Thanksgiving. Here we are Thanksgiving month. Here we are in November with a lot to be thankful for. But yeah, we are we are new month, new set of movies. I do miss the Halloween intro just a little bit. I just I don't know. I love the creepy stuff. So, but says a lot about him, folks. It does. It really and truly does. I was, let me paint a picture for you of what life was like just maybe an hour ago in, in our house. My wife had taken my son somewhere. They, they both had different places to be tonight, so she went and dropped him off and went to her thing. And then my daughter was here, and I think maybe she was trying to do homework or she was playing a game on her phone. And her father, who will remain nameless, was sitting at the kitchen table... And pulling up instrumental versions, karaoke versions of Les Misérables songs. Oh! And, and I was belting about as loud as I could the zombie Les Misérables musical that I wrote several years ago when I had a student teacher. I see. I I have like I don't have every song written, but I have a zombie Les Misérables musical that I've written a good portion of.
2: I'm not as surprised by this as I want to be. You, you wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, we, we have such songs as Master of the Crypt. Do you hear the people scream? What else? Yeah, we've got, we have all the, all the really good songs. The only ones I don't have yet is like Bring Him Home. I need to do a, a, a zombie version of that one. But yeah, I've got I've, I've got everything I need right here. We're we're gonna be. I've tried to convince her to sing these with me, and then we can be TikTok famous.
2: Oh, that's not bad. And
1: she's and I said then we'll make millions. She's like millions of what? And I said millions of pesos. There you go. And she's like, well, how much is a million pesos? I'm. Like, I don't know. Not many. So we asked Alexa. But that's okay. Because I told her I just quit my job, and and then we can make like a million pesos. And then we asked Alexa how much a million pesos is, and I I don't think I'm quitting my job.
2: No, I'm gonna go with no. It was about fifty thousand dollars. That sounds about right.
1: I mean, which is not too shabby, but like to to quit my job, it'd have to be a little bit more than that.
2: Yeah, I would think you'd need so, some more some more um behind that. more pesos or
1: rubles or I don't know, shekels.
2: Shekels would be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So anyway, we're not here to talk about money tonight. We're here to talk about, well, I don't know, a part of the corruption that was the impetus of this movie has to do with money and resources. Doesn't it always? It always does. Stupid, stupid money. The movie we're talking about tonight is Thunderheart. And so very, very quickly, we spoil, we just talk freely here that you're really not going to get any spoiler alerts. Although I say this at the beginning of every episode and nearly every episode, Pat always does his, okay, okay, spoilers, spoilers.
2: Well, because okay, Pat rejects ahead. your reality and substitutes his own.
1: He does, he does, and that's, that's fine. It's, that's how you know, he rolls. And and I I still love him, but but you know. Oh, so, indeed. Yeah, but I'm still going to give this this alert here at the beginning that we spoil freely. So this is your only warning, unless Pat well, warns you as well.
2: What he's saying is
1: John and I aren't going to warn you. We're not going to. We don't. We may not care that much. Pat indeed. Pat is much more caring. He's a he's a caring, caring gentleman. In, indeed. It's starting to get awkward. Visit our website. That Our website, as far as I know, is a lot less awkward than we are. So visit, visit our website. Oh, Podcast. that's a low bar. That's true. That's true. 30podcast.com. You can leave a rating, leave a voicemail, become a co-executive producer via Patreon where you get all kinds of good bonus stuff that is over there. Three bonus episodes a month. We get two shorter ones each month and one regular-sized episode each month, unless it was this last month in which we talked about Thing from Another World, The Thing, and The Thing. And I want to say that was like a super-sized bonus episode. I think it ended up being a little longer than expected, but that's the kind of stuff you get if you were a... The thing,
2: the thing, the thing, and the thing.
1: Thing, thing, thing. Uh, thing one, two, and three.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. The cat in the hat and his face opened up like that. Whoak. Yeah. It's a very different Dr. Seuss book. Yes. Dr. Seuss and Body Horror. Ooh. All right. Forget the Les Mis zombie musical. Yeah, you've got a whole new... I think I'm doing John Carpenter's cat in the hat. There you go. There we go. Okay. Man. So many ideas. All right, I'm quitting my job. (laughs) I've called it now. All I need is like 2 million pesos. All right, well, before we get into talking our movie, this is the first episode of the month. And when we hit the first episode of the month, we always jump in the DeLorean, head back in time, and look to see what was going on this month in 92.
0: When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're
1: going to see some serious... Bo, I've got some serious... for you top news from november of 92 november 3rd carol mosley Braun was elected the first african-american woman in u.s senate representing the great state of
2: illinois there we go
1: also november 3rd democrat bill clinton is elected president of the united states defeating the incumbent president george hw bush also november 3rd the rock band rage against the machine releases their debut album rage against the machine featuring the single killing in the name
2: an excellent song that I enjoy to this day.
1: There you go. Some notable births in the month of November 92, November 5th. Odell Beckham Jr., the NFL player that played for the New York Giants, was born in Baton, Lu- Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And then November 23rd, Miley Cyrus, the actress and singer, was born in Franklin, Tennessee. a no, notable, let's try saying that word correctly. Potent
2: potables? What note,
1: now? Notent potables. Manir Panirvanirmer. Sherman Namahama. Yeah. Okay, deaths, notable deaths, November 14th, Clem Beauchamp, or Beecham, would you, would you say that, Beecham? i say that, Beecham.
2: You'd be surprised, depends on where he's from, but go with it.
1: Clem Beauchamp. Exactly. That's how I'm going to say it, because that's how I want to say it. Because
2: mm-hmm.
1: if your name is Clem, I feel like it has to be said in a very Cajun accent. I would tend to agree with you. <laughs> All right. So let me start that over again. Some notab- notable deaths. In the month of November 1992, November 14th, Beauchamp. I think that was just the right amount of cases. Yes. Okay. He was an American film actor, stuntman, and production manager. He worked on the old TV series of Tarzan, Dick Tracy, and The Adventures of Superman. He died at the age of 94 in November of 92. November 18th, 1992, Superman, the fictional character, was killed by doomsday in the comic books. Mm. That was a big deal. And then November 22, 1992, Sterling Holloway, the American actor who was in The Jungle Book, Alice in Wonderland, The Aristocats, and the voice of Winnie the Pooh, died at age 87. Top sports, November fifth, Revenge Match of the 20th Century, American chess grandmaster Bobby Fisher defeats Russian Boris Spassky to win an unofficial match in Belgrade. Top books for this month were The Tale of the Body Thief by Anne Rice, and Mixed Blessings by Danielle Steele. Top movies were Under Siege, Passenger 57, Bram Stoker's Dracula, and Home Alone 2 Lost in New York. Top songs are End of the Road by Boys to Men, I think was like the top song for forever in 92.
2: Gotta do the. Two hands in the air, mm-hmm. slow pan when you mm-hmm. hear that song. But I think. Really, I, when you hear most Boys to Men songs. Well, that's true.
1: I do think that November, however, was also the end of the road for Boys to Men's very long stretch at number one, because then we also have later in November, How Do You Talk to an Angel by The Heights and I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston.
2: Ooh, yeah. Hard to compete with Whitney back then, man. Yeah,
1: yeah that was because that song was everywhere.
2: I mean hard to compete with Whitney, period, but back then. Oof.
1: I as an eleven year old boy bought the single cassette to I Will Always Love You. So
2: Interesting.
1: I can honestly say I did not. That's inter- that's interesting.
0: What would you like to do next? That's <laughs> exactly <Yeah>. right. <laughs> we kinda uh, left John we kinda left John hanging out on a limb when he just said what single he Yeah. I sure.
1: I didn't know how to respond. That's all right. I'm 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 secure enough to say that I bought the single to Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You on cassette. Dude,
0: absolutely nothing wrong with it. It was nothing a great tune. Nothing wrong yeah, with it.
2: Yeah, I mean, props to Whitney and all. Right? I mean, to be honest, if I'd thought about it at the time, I might have. But it was on the radio so bleeping, bleeping much. Who needed it? <laughs> right.
1: You didn't really need to. It was all over the place.
2: Oh. Uh-huh. Back when the radio played music. Right.
1: Right, back with the to, back, back with the radio date and, ourselves, but you know, back when the radio and MTV played music.
2: Right. Right. I mean back in the good old days when FM meant music and AM meant sports and mm-hmm. talk. Yeah. You know, everything made sense.
1: Did you see that uh, did you see that meme that was out earlier this year? Was this year the 40th anniversary of MTV getting started? Or was that last Sounds year?
2: Sounds right.
1: Either way, last year, this year, whatever it was, it's like the 40th anniversary of MTV. And there was a meme going around that was like a picture of the first image from MTV when it when it first debuted. And it was happy 40th anniversary, MTV. Thanks for nine good years of music videos.
2: (laughs) I like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I found okay. here's here's a similar one. MTV turns 40 this year. It was from 21. Thanks for 14 years of music. Oh, 14. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) That's yep. pretty good. Yep. All mm-hmm. right. Well, Pat, how are you doing?
1: I, you, you hopped in. We, we got started without you, but we knew you were on your way, so.
0: Right, right. I'm, I'm better late than never. Doing well. Yeah. Doing well. Good. It's, it's a rainy day, which I like rainy days. They put me in good moods. It's a rainy day, and... Hey, you know what? It's a good day just to be thankful for the simple things in life. I think, and that is true. being able to talk about movies with good friends is definitely one of the simple things and one of the good things. So, that is true. Well, I don't know. Was that was that kind of a roast thing? It was one of the simple things. I, I, think I was just that's... gonna say. Did he call us simple? <laughs> maybe I, that I think was. He did. Oh man, that's funny. No, it's uh, it's just. <sighs> I don't know if I'm going to be able to dig myself out of the hole, but let's just say that came out not the way I intended it. I will. Right, well, Pat is
1: so happy to be here with us simpletons tonight, and we're so excited to be here with Pat.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, well, Pat. Oh, now that my. you
1: now that you painted that very nice, kind, and, and rosy picture, I, I'm going to have to throw down here for a second.
0: Throw down. Oh boy, is this gonna is this. We're getting in the ring, gents. Oh. <laughs> All right. Am I am I getting my comeuppance for comparing thing three with Alien Cubed?
1: Yeah, I'm, I might have gotten an email from Rob on that one.
0: <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure.
1: It's like, what is what is Pat thinking? <laughs> I like, dude. Seriously, I might have even forgot that Pat said that. I think I just put it out of my mind and. <laughs> no, this has nothing to do with this. This has, and I, I want to start off by saying so I'm playing the get in the ring music in the background here because I'm, I'm, I'm getting all fired up and ready to go here. But that I, sounds good. I, I was super excited. Like I want, I want to make this very, very clear. I was so excited that we got some yeah. negative comments oh, for the podcast. Geez, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm so excited. <laughs> but i knew that i needed to come on and, and just make a little comment publicly make a little comment back i'm not going to share the the person's screen name or anything like that um, no but we had a we had a i had a fun little exchange with somebody who left some notes on commented on a couple of our on one of the one of the websites that we have for the podcast and they start off by like by saying you guys speak my language heck yeah i'm an 80s kid i'm like hey great we love all things 80s thanks for listening and then about 2 or 3 hours later it looks like they got onto our, uh, they were listening to our Last Jedi episode. And the response then was, you guys are fanboys. Disney Star Wars is terrible. I'm out. I'm like, all right. Well, first of all, yeah, I'm a Star Wars fanboy. I love everything Star Wars. Do I think that, uh, do I think that Disney has done everything right? No. Do I love everything about Disney Star Wars? No, if he had if he had gone like a few episodes later and heard me talk about the rise of my blood pressure, then yes, he would have heard that I don't like everything that Disney has done in Star Wars, but my main thing is I, I don't want to harp on the the movie he didn't like and and you know, kind of commenting on that and and you know, making it a little personal being like you guys are fanboys, so I'm out. And I, all right, that's cool. Like you don't have to listen to our podcast. There's millions of other podcasts out there. But the one thing I did want to comment on that was is I'm always going to be somebody who, to, to use Pat's words, I don't want to yuck somebody else's yum. Like, on our show, that's what you're going to get on our show. Like, if I like something, I will unashamedly say I like something. If I don't like something, I will unashamedly say I don't like something, but I won't tear into somebody else because they do like it or they don't like it. So... That being said, that's that's really all I wanted to comment on that one, and just and just make that I'm I'm sure the guy's not listening anymore because he's out, right? But I'm like, okay, cool. Well, (laughs) as long as hey, you know what? As long as we're not talking about Home Alone and Point Break, you talk. Give me two. Otherwise, anything else?
0: What I can't figure out is the inverse proportionality to the movies that we come out and say, "Hey, I had a problem with that." People like that. When we come out and say we like a movie, that's when people leave the podcast. I, I just can't figure that out, yeah. especially especially after my run of saying, hey, here are the movies I kind of didn't like so much. And then it ended up being all of our, like, top movies for some of our wonderful Patreon people. And, Which you hate. Uh, that was just straight-up bad luck. I mean, they're <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. I mean, that's kind of, like – but then, in the same – but then we go on and talk about a movie that we really like, and that's when the people leave. But, you know, that that's just, that's the part that uh, that kind of makes me laugh. But, yeah, you're right. You know what? I mean, like, everyone's entitled to their opinion, and I, yeah. you know, I wish everybody well.
2: Yeah. Call oh. back to the pre-show conversation, John. We can hear the people sing, sing songs <laughs> of <laughs> Angry hey, man. man.
0: Yep. Hey, in, in all honesty, uh, did Rob really email you about my comment about Thing Cubed? Yes, he did. Oh no, I'm sorry, Rob. I was just trying to spin John up. I,
1: I don't I don't know if I'm not gonna read it, but I, I I don't know if he wanted me to share it with you or not. So Rob, if you're listening to this, you can let me know if you want me to share this with Pat. But yeah, he was like <laughs> he was like, God, what is he thinking?
2: <laughs> I get that all the time. He was thinking, let's rile John up, yeah. which well, <laughs> That's kind of you know. what it was. That's what I, it was. And I actually
1: think he made some comment about grabbing a baseball bat and finding where you live or I don't know something.
0: Like <laughs> it's, it's some, it's just, it's, it's, it's all going up now. Yeah. It's, it's all going up now. B- basically, oh, basically,
1: basically Rob started playing this music in his head. He was ready to get in the ring with you.
0: Oh, jeez, Oh, so. geez. Well, I'm sorry that I, I'm sorry. I riled up Rob. Look um, at the power you have, Pat. You're trying to rile up John. You rile up, you know. I just, the the rilation just spread. The rilation spread.
1: That's not even a word. It is now. It is is now. now. That happened. All right. Well, gents, our movie that we're here to talk about tonight is Thunder. Thunder. Thunderheart. Ho!
0: No, not the same thing.
2: Should have huh. seen that one coming. Embarrassed, I didn't.
0: It's all right. Here we are. I thought I, you. I thought you were going to say Thunder in Paradise, but that's an actual thing, isn't oh, it? Yeah, that's, it is. That's fun too. Yeah,
2: that is very fun.
1: They could have mixed that up. Oh, you could have a. You could have a mashup. You could have Thunder Heart in Paradise. <laughs> Val Kilmer and Hulk Hogan teaming up on a speedboat. Yeah, buddy. On an mm-hmm. Indian reservation. Yes, where there is no water at all. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. It's a it's a speed ATV. I don't know.
2: Shaped like a
1: boat. Shaped like a boat. Yes. There it is. It's a boat on the back of a trailer on being pulled by a truck. <laughs> <laughs> Thunderheart in Paradise. Okay, we've just made a really terrible right. movie. <laughs> I'm excited to be a part of it. Let's do it. It's a great plan. It's, it's a great plan. I love this. All right, well, so in this movie, we'll, we'll get into the trivia part of this and, and give you some of the deets here in just a second. Bo and I were commenting before we started recording that the whole idea, but I guess, I guess, according to Val Kilmer, he does actually have some Native American ancestry in his, in his bloodline, so, but a part of me was like, Val Kilmer, as a Sioux that sounds to me like the Native American consultant they had on Star Trek Voyager.
0: Yeah, so
1: <laughs> it's, um, it's, a, it's a little it's a little questionable. But according to him, apparently he he does have some ancestry there. So I don't know if that's true. But
0: this whole thing reminds me of that Seinfeld episode where Elaine got the boyfriend that each of them that she thought had some was some sort of a minority. Yeah. And so that's why she was dating him. But then she found out that he thought she was a minority and that's why he was dating her. And okay. then the, the the whole thing was, I don't know if you saw that one, it was, it was humorous, like very politically incorrect and had some, some interesting commentary all at once. But that's kind of what I'm thinking of in this conversation. Mm-hmm.
1: Anybody who lives in the South and does any kind of genealogy thinks that somewhere in their family, there was like a Cherokee princess or something. Cause I remember my grandfather always being convinced that we were like 128th something. And like, I don't think so. I mean, I don't know where you got that from, but okay. But I kind of feel like that's, that's a thing. Like, if, if you go back far enough, and I feel like in the South, it was kind of a thing too. They're like, well, yeah, if you go far back enough, we've, we've got some, we've got some Native American in our, in our family line. And we're like, yeah, I don't think everybody did. Like, maybe. Maybe a handful here and there, but it seems to be a, a large proportion of people that are totally convinced that somewhere along down the line, you're like, sue royalty or something. All right, we're moving this time around is Thunderheart, and it came out on the 3rd of April, 1992, rated R, with a runtime of 1 hour 59 minutes, directed by Michael Apted, who died in 2021. He also directed episodes of the TV series Rome, and the movie Enigma. Writer was John Fusco, who did Young Guns and Hidalgo. Producers were Robert De Niro, John Fusco, and Jane Rosenthal. De Niro also produced Meet the Parents. Fusco produced Young Guns. Rosenthal produced The Irishman. Music was done by James Horner, who died in 2015. He did The Rocketeer, Aliens, Braveheart, and Everything Good. Cinematography was done by Roger Deakins, who did 1917 and No Country for Old Men. Editor was Ian Crawford, who did Field of Dreams and Never Say Never Again. Couldn't find the budget for this one. Box office was $22.6 million. Flickmetrics gives it a 64% and CinemaScore gives it a B+. Starring Val Kilmer as Ray Lavoie, he was in The Doors and The Saint. Sam Shepard, who died in 2017, played Frank Cutell. He was in Black Hawk Down and The Right Stuff. Graham Greene was Walter Crowhorse. He was in Dances with Wolves and Longmire. Fred Ward, who died in 2022, played Jack Milton. He was in Tremors and Shortcuts. Fred Thompson, who died in 2015, played William Dawes. He was in The Hunt for Red October and Law and & Order. Sheila Towsey played Maggie Eaglebear. She was in Ravenous and Lord of Illusions. Ted Thin Elk, who died in 1997, played Grandpa Sam Reaches. He was in Walking Thunder and The Broken Chain. John Trudell died in 2015. He was Jimmy Looks Twice. He was in Extreme Measures and Smoke Signals. Rex Lynn played an FBI agent. He was in Wyatt Earp and Cliffhanger and Patrick Massett was Agent Mackey. He was in the TV series Friday Night Lights and the TV series Star Trek The Next Generation as a pretty notable character. Pat, do you remember which character he might have played?
0: I'm trying not to cheat. Next next Gen. Next Gen. A notable character. Mm-hmm. And it, was he kind of like a one of the repeating guest stars type of thing?
1: He was a repeating guest star for two episodes.
0: <sighs> right, would you like a hint? Yeah.
2: I know him.
1: His heart is not Klingon.
0: Really? Wait a minute. He was Duras. He was Duras. Yeah. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah. Oh.
1: I just and that and that gave me an excuse to play the Klingon music, so.
0: Yeah. Well, we always need an excuse to play the Klingon. Yeah. You know what? It's funny. I, you know, there's some of that, some of the guys that I can see what they look like without all the makeup on, mm-hmm. but that's a hard, yeah, that, I mean, I got a reason.
1: I wouldn't have picked that one out if they had, if I hadn't seen that on IMDb.
0: Yeah, that's really fascinating. Okay. That's interesting. Okay, yeah. cool. All right. Party on Wayne.
1: Party on Garth.
2: Party
0: on, Garth.
1: So during the—so a little bit of trivia here real quick. During the early to mid-70s, this is kind of what this movie is based off of, there were 57 unsolved murders on the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation due to the fighting between the traditionals and tribal government-sanctioned goons, quote-unquote goons. This made the village of Pine Ridge the murder capital of the nation with the highest number of violent deaths per capita in the United States. So that's mm. kind of what this is. This movie is loosely based off of is those events in the mid seventies. The other trivia thing I've got in here is in the movie Val Kilmer plays a character who is one quarter Sioux in real life. He is one eighth Cherokee. He has claimed that his father's grandmother was Cherokee. So for as much as I make fun of Val Kilmer, a white man playing a character that is supposed to be part Sioux, if if it is true, he does have a certain degree of certain degree of a Native American Uh, in his past so so there it is all right so very quickly the synopsis for this one in a world where a series of murders stun a small native american reservation the fbi sends in agent ray lavoy to investigate while ray is relatively inexperienced he is one quarter Sioux, and the fbi hopes that will make it easier for them to gather information from the locals While the reservation police officer views the agent as an outsider, the tribal elder believes him to be the reincarnated spirit of Thunderheart, a Native American hero.
0: The FBI sent him here. The Badlands, South Dakota. What's my cover? No cover. To find a killer among these people. Federal their hands on your head!
2: Go! Ahead. Murder suspect and you're under arrest. Now, who are you? Walter Crowhorse, tribal police. <laughs> you must be the Indian FBI. That's right. Oh, what nation?
0: The United States. You're chasing the wrong man.
2: Whoever killed Leo walks heel toe like a white man. You gonna tell me how much change he had in his pocket? 63 cents. Hey, look. The Washington Redskin. We're
0: gonna catch these murders and take care of them.
2: Indian way. This
1: is the battlefield right here, and this is my case, okay?
0: Now, he must respect their ways. He says he knew you were coming. Who told him? Spirits. And uncover the past. It's just a dream. You had yourself a vision. To discover the truth. It's hard to tell the good guys from the bad guys. Val Kilmer.
2: Dean Malone!
0: Sam Shepard. Now stick to the assignment, pal. Graham Greene.
2: You said we should follow this.
0: Thunderheart has come. Thunderheart.
1: All right, starting off with our major moments for this one. Major moment number one, I'm calling murder on the reservation. So there has been a member of the tribal council has been murdered. And so the federal government decides that they are going to send in a representative that they feel is going to be maybe going to cause the locals to be a little bit more open to cooperating with them because he has a a percentage of his heritage happens to be Sioux. And so I guess they, they decide that's going to be the best way to handle this. So that's why they call up Val Kilmer's character, Ray, and send him off to go investigate this murder. We also quickly get introduced to Frank, Frank Kutel, who Sam Shepard plays him. And he is, he's kind of been working this area in the past. He's well acquainted with the, the community, the people, also seems to be kind of, I don't know if I want to say initially prejudiced or, let's say, jaded against the people a bit. And, and he's kind of, he seems kind of tired, like tired and, and he's just used to what he thinks as being all of the misbehaving that the the people of the reservation do and and the resistance and, and everything. Everything to kind of do with the, oh gosh, what was the, they were called, in this they were called the the ARM, the A-R-M, which was the... It was the Aboriginal, I'm forgetting what the R stood for. Yeah, either way, it was the A-R-M. In real life, I think it was the A-I was the name of the group. And so Frank is kind of like, yeah, I, I kind of know everything that's going on here. And I I just, I don't put up with their stuff because this is all kind of ridiculous and I'm, I'm over it. But that's kind of Frank's take on it. And I, I kind of, I don't know, I kind of picked up fairly early. I don't know if you guys picked it up or not. I kind of picked up fairly early on that Frank was maybe not necessarily above board.
0: Yeah, just some of the ways he talks. I <clears throat> I, I kind of was vacillating almost almost, and I don't know if this comparison is accurate, but you remember the gate of the movie Colors? I found him at first, I wanted to think he was kind of similar to the, uh, and I'm drawing a complete blank, the Robert Duvall character in colors, just kind of like, Hey, look, I I understand the reality of the situation. I'm just trying to get by day to day and like solve the crime, like that kind of thing. But then as it went, yeah, they, and I thought the movie unveiled it in a pretty good way. Like as it went, it's just like, you're, you're realizing that he's not, as you said, above board. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And most likely to be smuggling weapons. Right. In some way, like that was my first thought when I first saw this movie a long, 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 time ago was that he was supplying the weapons. I thought that was his only involvement, but. mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So then we kind of, we move on to our next major moment and that was the, uh, we get introduced to Crow Horse and this is Graham Greene's character. And I, I love pretty much everything that he's in. Like, I think he is a great actor and he's, he's just, he's so much fun no matter what he's in. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And this is, uh, that will, that will also, I will also call back to him as being one of the reasons why, when we get to our three questions, my answer to one of the three questions also involves him. He's also in the, in the TV show that I'm going to mention when we get there. So, We get introduced to Crow Horse and he is kind of the he's the police officer on the reservation and he doesn't really want to have much to do with these FBI guys. You know, he's kind of he's kind of messing with them a little bit. Next major moment, we get introduced to the idea that, well, we think the murderer is this guy named Jimmy Looks Twice. And we're, we're kind of getting, at least from the perspective of the FBI, we're kind of getting jerked around a little bit by folks on the reservation they're not being super cooperative one of them is telling ray that oh yeah jimmy looks twice as a shapeshifter so you you probably saw him fly away and of course he's trying to reconcile that with well people don't just fly away so what do you like can you just help us out here like don't don't jerk us around with all this mystical stuff so and then we get introduced to maggie eagle bear and she is she has been educated and kind of lived in a major city, a major city in the United States. I kind of forget. Did you say Minneapolis? I don't remember which city she said that she had lived in. But either way, she she got educated, then she came back to the reservation to kind of help out and be an activist there on the reservation. So we know that she's there fighting for fighting for the rights, fighting for everything for the people on the reservation. She's also been fighting against, I guess a lot of people have been getting sick and they're trying to get like clean drinking water, and, and so that's a whole other part of the plot that's going on of what is causing this. And so as we kind of move on through the the murder mystery part of this, we've got kind of another cover up that's going on. Mm-hmm. And I I will say, and I know we're we're not quite into like our opinions on the movie. Yet, but I will say some of the The murder mystery part was fine. Then with the cover up piece was kind of introduced, it some of it got a little convoluted. Like I got a little lost in like who was where and who what was happening and why this was happening. And so I got a little lost there for a little bit. I, I came back to it in the end, so it was fine, but I do feel like some of that just got a little confused in the middle of the movie.
0: I don't know. Did you guys I hear what you're saying? You I, I hear what you're way, saying or? with that. I I in fact, I, I've, I was really focused on the murder mystery aspect of it. That part with the water, like exactly what she said, when it came back to it at the end, it was like, oh, oh, so there was like water and like, okay. I mean, it, like I, I felt like that either I wasn't paying attention to the right things or they that didn't that wasn't as prevalent as the murder mystery. So, but So yeah. that, that aspect of the plot kind of turned me around. Go ahead. Bill. Yeah, it Sorry. definitely
2: wasn't. And even in the end, when they mention it to tie it into everything else, even then it's not really resolved much. It's, yeah. it's kind of sea a, a plot that doesn't pay off. But it was there to sort of tie everything together in a weird way. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it was like, okay, so now we've gone. It's, it's a murder mystery to now there's a government cover-up to strip mine uranium from the reservation and that's what's been making people sick and huh all right so so that was that was one of my other major moments was kind of discovering that there is this government cover up and that's the reason why and ultimately that's the reason that the murders took place and why so many of our characters end up dead by the end of this movie aggie ends up dead Jimmy Looks Twice, I think, ended up dead. I'm going to blank out on, on a couple of the other guys' names. The one that was always in the wheelchair, even though he wasn't really wheelchair-bound, ends up dead by the end of it. And so this whole massive cover-up, everybody's getting killed. This, this is a very Shakespearean movie by the end of it. Everybody's dead. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. There is a moment, too. I, I kind of skipped over a moment. A good portion of this movie, too, is Val Kilmer's character kind of coming to terms with his place in the world. And, you know, who are his people is... is is it that his people are the United States of America? In the trailer, you know, they is it. I think Maggie asked him, what nation are you from? And he's like, well, United States. And that's how he <laughs> starts the movie. And people are always commenting on the Sioux people. And he's like, yeah, those aren't my people. They keep calling him your people. And he's like, no, those aren't my people. And then by the end of the movie, I think somebody says something about the FBI or Americans. And he says, yeah, those aren't my people. Like, he's, he's switched at that point. And one of the moments that caused that switch was he starts having these visions and he has this pretty dramatic vision of being being someone who's being chased by American soldiers at Wounded Knee and being, being massacred there. So that was kind of a big turning point in the movie for his character when he starts to have these visions and realizes that he, he's uniquely suited to be able to help these people. Mm-hmm. And then we end the movie with this big chase. At the end we've got a crow horse. And Ray are both in the they're both in their car and, and just trying to get away as fast as they can from the FBI guys. The FBI guys think that they've taken care of everything. Ray was able to tape record part of his conversation with the one guy, and they are just racing. Always to, get tape. Always get the tape. Always get the tape. And they are racing towards this big kind of cliff face that they refer to as the stronghold, and they kind of drive right into a dead end there. And you kind of figure that at that point. They're pretty much done for, and then all of a sudden the uh, the ARM shows up and they have got many more guns, a plethora mm-hmm. of guns, I think you could say, that they have and, and they are able to. Uh, I would uh, say. Would you say that? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. They're able to stand off against the FBI, and ultimately Ray and,
0: and Crow Horse are saved. It's no good, Anakin. I've got the high ground. It's over. It's true. Now, the those guys, I got those guys confused. Now, the guys that were chasing them at the end, those are the guys that shot up the the, the house when Val Kilmer was in it, right? And then he went to go bust them, and then he's like, you're messing stuff up. These guys are on our side. Those were the guys that were chasing him at the end. Those were the goons. I right.
1: believe so, yes. The arm was, was the, okay, I, I got was, it. Right. I was getting okay. a little confused on who was who at, at different points. Okay. But yeah. Got it. All right. No worries. Yeah. All right. Do we think, did I miss any major moments before we get into our our opinions? I I think that was everything. I don't think so. I think we covered it. All right. It's time for some deep
0: thoughts. And now deep thoughts.
1: (gasps) Whoa. Deep thoughts, man. All right. Let's just start it off with,
2: did you like the movie? Certainly, most definitely.
0: I did. I, I've i seen it. It's a couple of times I've seen it. And when I first saw it, I was like waiting. I was skeptical. I'm like, okay, this is, I'm like, I'm not going to enjoy this movie. Like something's going to either Yeah. And within like a minute, I'm like, wow, I really like this movie. Like this is a really, really fun movie. So, well, fun might be a little bit of a strong word, but it's an entertaining movie.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've always liked this movie. I saw it a long time ago for the first time and there's just there's some scenes in it that I'll just never forget. Mm-hmm. When they're in the when they're in the car and he says, "You had a vision." Instant Indian <laughs> had a vision. That <laughs> just cracked me up. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Well, I'm am surprised.
1: You guys have both seen this one before. I had never even heard of this movie before it got on our oh, list wow. of movies for this year. All right, but I what'd you think? I do love a good Val Kilmer movie. No, I I really enjoyed this one.
0: Yeah, I, cool. I enjoyed
1: it, and we'll, I'm gonna be watching it again because when I kind of I told my wife kind of what movies were coming up, and I, I didn't have a whole lot of time to watch them, so I knew I was gonna kind of have to just watch them on my own and not necessarily wait till we could sit down and watch it together, mm-hmm. especially when I hadn't realized that our movie next week, Malcolm X, was three and a half hours long, so
2: <laughs> that you know you got a Warner Brother man.
1: I, it was my understanding there would be no math on the podcast when
2: I. So clicked on that i was like oh i did not budget the appropriate time for this yeah no hmm. no so but i knew when
1: when i saw that this was val kilmer i saw graham green was in it i'm like oh we we like val kilmer so we're gonna need to sit down and watch this together but then we didn't have time yeah. to so i said you know what hey that's fine i'll watch it for the podcast and then whenever we have time to we'll we'll pull it back up and we'll watch it together because i know you know we've we've watched a lot of other TV shows or movies where, you know, something something that takes place on a reservation, you know, a similar premise to this movie. And one of our, and like I said, I'll mention it during the three questions, but one of our favorite TV shows pretty much has the, the a very similar premise to this movie. And Pat knows which one I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. no, yeah, I, first time I saw it, but uh, but I did, I really enjoyed this movie. And I think what worked best for me in this movie was, was Val? Well, I'm not going to just say the two of them. I must to say Val Kilmer and Graham green. I think every character in this movie, like every performance in this movie, I loved the, what was his name? Grandpa Sam reaches. Oh, he was great. Oh, he's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Wait, you the speak only thing. You, wait, you speak English. Yeah. Only when he's really only upset. Only when he's
2: really pissed. <laughs> Come up and watch TV. <laughs> or at the end, they broke my TV. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I watched it with my wife as well. It, and the only character that we didn't like or or believe was the FBI agent, Sam Shepard.
1: Oh, really, Frank?
2: Yeah, some of his scenes with Val Kilmer were just, they seemed like they moved too fast. Mm. You didn't feel like you developed him enough. And, and then by the end, I, I sort of came around a little and I said, I wonder if they did that to keep us on our heels about him and maybe not tip us off that he was shady.
1: It was a bit of a leap at the end for him to be so shady. Yeah. It was,
2: I don't know. Something about his character didn't work for us.
1: Yeah. To be murdery shady. Like that was right. Like that's
2: yeah. Like when I said earlier, most likely to be dealing guns, I was like, yeah, okay, fine. Yeah. But killing for uranium shady, that seemed a little, you know, yeah.
1: Killing for Uranium, the name of the rock band I'm planning on starting. Yeah. <laughs> ah, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm just collecting every every time I'm, I'm collecting a bunch of band names and eventually I'm going to start one. Just make yes. a T-shirt. Don't mm-hmm. bother
2: with the band.
0: There you go. Just be a producer. That's,
1: That's true. I just want to be an influencer. Don't we all? Mm-hmm. <sighs> as soon as I get to be TikTok famous. Yeah, no, so I, I really enjoyed this movie. But I think what worked, yeah, what worked best for me were the performances of the different actors in this. And what I love about what I love about a movie like this, and I and d I'm going to fully admit that I don't know well enough about the production of this movie to speak with any amount of authority on anything, but the fact that this is a movie taking place on a Native American reservation and you do have actual native american actors that are playing those parts is big plus because there are a lot of times where that doesn't happen and so for, even for something that came out in 1992 i i commend the people that made the movie if if they truly that was their intention and that's what they did and and yeah
0: so nice job folks back in 1992 yeah well executed yeah i i really and at first i was kind of worried that like some of the stuff where, you know, he was having visions and all that kind of thing. I, I was like, okay, are, are we going to fall into like the stereotypes thing? And is, is this, is it going to be tastefully done? And like, I, I was, again, when I first saw it, that was going to be my fear, but it was like, it, it really, it was all done. It all made sense to the plot. It all worked. It all worked. And I think it was respectful. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, I, I, Obviously, I'm not the one to call shenanigans on a movie or say yay or nay on, on that, but I was doing some reading about it and just watching it. Like, the gut the gut feeling was, yeah, this is just, I, I think they did a really, I think they really did a good job with this movie. Do you
1: think that they balanced, because it seemed to me like you have a, the premise of the story is a murder mystery, but then you also have a government cover-up, and then intertwined with the rest of that are kind of the, social justice messages of well here's what's been done to the native peoples throughout the history of our country and here's what's still being done and maybe part of this is also to educate people on people who wouldn't necessarily have done a lot of research on their own on this topic do you feel like it balances all those things well or did you feel like when it got into kind of the social justice pieces of it did it get preachy at all or what what kind of how did you feel about that
2: Hmm. other than what we've already talked about where the the water issue just sort of was thrown in and wasn't really dealt with much i don't think it was too preachy i think they went right up to the edge a couple times Mm -hmm. maybe but i think they held they held off and, and kept it informative without being preachy
0: yeah i agree with what bo was saying is there anything so we kind
1: of talked a little bit about the, the, the Frank character. Was there anything else that didn't work for you? Is there anything that you, you could have done without in this movie?
0: Well, I I didn't have the same reaction to the Frank character that you guys did. Okay. I thought I, I think it worked a little bit almost 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 in the same manner, your spoilers, but almost in the same manner of the movie Training Day, have you guys seen Training Day? Oh yeah, indeed. And with with being very Tell careful, me a story. Of, yeah, that's right, that's right. But the thing is, is that Frank, just like, and again, please, if you haven't seen Training Day, fast forward thirty seconds. All right, I've given it enough time. But the same way that Frank's character here is the same way that Denzel's character in Training Day. The way that worked, where they are just so confident and knowledgeable about the situation that they're in, about the world that they're that they're working in, that you kind of believe them, and so you really don't see it coming. And for me, that worked just because, oh yeah, they could. He's so experienced, and do you get what I'm saying? That like, if he was on the inside, if he was on the take, if he was a corrupt government official, you kind of, as the audience and as the the Val Kilmer character wants to believe him just because for the whole movie, he's been the one that's just been so confident, knows all the ins and outs and and he knows the score. So that one, that one didn't quite bother me as much. Now, like we said, I, it's just, it seemed like they could have just stuck with the murder mystery and just have it set on a reservation. And I mean, let the, if you paint the picture accurately to what, goes on with the reservations and the struggles that are happening there, you know, I think, I think you'll get the social justice piece in there in the natural way that they did it. I, I, and yeah, the, the water, the the water, uranium, that whole thing, just, that seemed a little bit extra for me. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't really have a problem with the character of Frank. I think it just, it, to me, it just seemed like there was a, a little bit of a a little bit of a leap when mm-hmm. it came to jumping from corrupt government official to, yeah, I'm going to murder everybody who ever had any information about all of this. That's right. the only place where I think I kind of lost a piece of his character where it didn't quite work for me, or, or I just didn't feel like maybe they had done the work to make that jump. Okay. So, but otherwise, no. I, I, I thought he was. I thought he was a great character, and yeah, I I can't think of anything in this movie that didn't work for me. And, and I'm gonna I'm gonna reject my own question, and say that I just would love to comment on the fact that Val Kilmer is an amazing actor. Yeah. Right. Like he is. I I can't think of even even let's jump into like uh, Island of Doctor Moreau. Even the stuff that's like the movie itself is not all that great he still is a a great actor and and for him to be so young and to carry this movie and for all that he brings to this performance i'm like that's there's kind of a and i think it helps to have watched that documentary val too and just kind of Mm -hmm. understand like his motivations behind acting and and behind just everything that he the way he does everything that he does and and all of that but just for someone as young as he was at the time he was making this movie, just a maturity, a level of maturity that I think you typically only see in older actors.
0: Yep. Agreed. It's pretty fantastic. Yeah.
1: Do you have a, be, before we get to our three questions, do you have a favorite scene in this movie? Is there a favorite scene? Is there a, there were several funny moments in this one too, but do you have a, do you have a favorite scene or favorite moment?
2: Well, I've already mentioned one of mine. I mean, the, the scene in the car with the instant Indian with yeah. instant Indian with the Rolex head of vision. Yep. <laughs> I mean, that's just good. Honestly, anything with Graham green in it, maybe yeah. oh, I listened to the wind. It said yeah. 59, go get him.
0: We'll get him. <laughs> that guy was pretty funny. That guy was pretty awesome. You show me, the, show me the radar. Um, I don't need radar. I, I don't
2: need radar. I listen to
0: the wind. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I guess you're going to tell me how much change he had in his pockets too.
2: 63 cents.
0: yeah and i think that character helped with how the other stuff didn't feel too much kind of playing into stereotypes yeah right because he would just call out all those stereotypes just so like perfect delivery right that actor was totally like just perfect with delivering all the sarcastic you know well i tracked him i could tell like just all those lines just done so well, so we.
1: There was a moment that I wanted to a moment that I wanted to point out, and it's funny because I, I was in a, a meeting earlier today in which we were kind of talking about you know any examples of we work in schools, and so we were talking about trying to, you know, curb any kind of attitudes of like you know students that you have that are constantly a problem, and mm-hmm. like constantly blaming students for being. For having bad behavior, and which I know there are students that do have bad behavior, but you know some of the some of the examples that we were talking about in in this study that we were kind of looking through was a lot of it was well, but what are the adult behaviors there? You know, if the adults are constantly saying things like, "Well, well, all of these kids do this all of the time," well, no, the kids don't do this all the time, and there's going to be a reason why a child is doing this so maybe let's not make sweeping generalizations about Mm -hmm. children and why they do and any kind of behavior or or action or anything like that is some type of communication so you can figure out why the child is communicating this to you it made me think of the scene where the little boy gets shot and Mm -hmm. val kilmer's character uh, and maggie bring him to the clinic that's there And the doctor that's there is, is working on somebody else. And they're like, well, we need, we need a table. Well, we don't have another table. And they're like, clear off the the desk in the one room. And I thought it was telling that the first thing that that doctor says, if I may have remembered this wrong, but the first thing that doctor says when he comes into the room to examine the boy is, I think he says, what did they do now? Mm. And I was like, dude, that is not, (laughs) that is not Okay. Like right. what did they do now? What is that supposed to mean? So I think right. they did a nice job of not to my earlier question, not making things too preachy, not making things too too on the nose, but instead in a in a realistic way, kind of painting the picture of here's some of the prejudice that these people have had to deal with for the last several hundred years.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Totally agreed.
1: Gentlemen, I think it's, no, 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 it's not time for three questions because before three questions, I definitely wanted to do this because he is one of my favorites. I'm going to play a little bit of the main title theme from Thunderheart by James Horner.
0: Yeah, you are.
1: There we
2: go. Got to get the James Horner love. Mm-hmm.
1: What's interesting to me is having never seen this movie and never heard this soundtrack before a couple of days ago, how similar it sounds to some other soundtracks that he will do within the next couple of years. Like there are like little little moments in here sound so much like Braveheart to me. Mm. Like right now. If, if you take out the chanting and maybe replace it with a little bagpipes,
0: you've, you've kind of got Braveheart.
2: Hmm.
0: So you're recognizing James Horner's voice in oh, different absolutely. movies. Absolutely. Yeah, that's pretty cool.
1: And I want to say there were even some elements, as because I, I was listening through the soundtrack earlier today, and there were even some elements from like Legends of the Fall that I kind of recognized mm-hmm. and a couple of his other soundtracks from around this same time period.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But, uh, well, and it's like the discussion that we've had many times, it's like you either get into a stylistic period, excuse me, where, you know, you're writing and you're kind of working out the same ideas or movie makers like, Hey, we want this sound in our movie. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. We want you to take that. And so that's, that's what happens. Yeah. So,
1: any, so. Ch- any chance to show some love for James Horner and his music, I will. Oh, to yes. Always, always take. So good. All right. It's time for three questions.
0: He asks each traveler five questions. Three questions. Three questions. It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer.
1: Nobody could
0: answer that question. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy
1: on your soul. All right. Part of me was a little bit worried that I had used this question in the past but question number one is favorite Val Kilmer role and I don't think we have I, I looked back real quick on our episode on the doors and the three questions did not ask what's your favorite Val Kilmer role so
0: I think we're okay well I'm going to just throw down and say Iceman from Top Gun there you go that might be the obvious
2: okay Tombstone
1: Yes, that is also mine.
2: Do like me some tombstone. Uh, And then just because it's it's, right, (laughs) just because it's Dal Kilmer, you got to mention Willow because it's Willow. Yes, Mm -hmm. Willow. In that movie, he is
1: great, he's the, the greatest actor who's ever lived. Yes. Yeah, I. Uh, in fact, I feel like it's been a little, little while since we've watched Tombstone. I know we're doing that for next year, but I kind of feel like, I think we missed, I don't know if we watched it this, this summer. I've said before, we always watch that on my wife's birthday, and I'm not sure if we did this year.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm just saying Tombstone is one of those movies that's just, like, you can watch it every day of the week, and it doesn't get boring.
1: Oh, yeah, no, yeah
0: i mean i know you know that but well i guess and, i'm just restating the obvious
1: and my my thought process right now is i don't remember if we saw it this summer but i don't care because i'm going to watch it again soon anyway <laughs> that i think that's all i'm trying to say is that it's, it's you're just get looking watched. for the excuse and, and i'm not even go. sure i need an excuse it's tombstone
0: Hey have, we watched Tomb- hey, have we watched Tombstone? No. Okay, let's watch it. Yeah, let's watch have it. we watched Tombstone? Yeah, just last night. Okay, let's watch it. Let's watch it again.
1: Why, Ed? Are we cross? And I, if I thought that you weren't my friend, I just don't think I could bear it.
2: I'm going to go watch that movie again. All right, you know number two. What John's doing the rest of the week.
1: Uh-huh. Number two, favorite movie that features a native slash indigenous population. And I did clarify that can also be TV show because my answer is gonna be TV show.
0: Do you want to go first, John? you want to fire it up there? I can
1: I can go first. My answer is going to be the TV series
0: Longmire. Yeah, that's mine too. That's yours, too. That's mine too. That's okay. good stuff, man.
1: I just everything, everything about that TV show, I enjoy so much. And I actually almost decided to change my cell phone voicemail message to It's Another Beautiful Day at the Red Pony Saloon and
0: Continual Soiree. All right. <laughs> well, why would you not? I mean, it's, I don't it's, it's, yeah. No, I think, and, and I think you referenced it a little bit earlier too, is I, I think Longmire does a good job kind of, again, showcasing some fun stories, the murder mystery thing, great actors. You know, it gets into, I hate keeping having to refer to it as social justice, but it, it shows the situations around indigenous peoples and life on a reservation and all of that. So it's, it's just... Yeah. Good times. I like that one.
1: My runner up for this one is going to be one that I, I would hazard a guess. Not a lot of people have seen. It's a movie. It's an Australian movie from 2002 and it stars Kenneth Branagh. And that might be the only actor that most people would recognize. It's called rabbit proof fence
0: rabbit proof fence yeah, i have rabbit, not rabbit heard of that one fence
1: so there was and this is actually a true story that there was in order to try to curtail the the invasion of wild rabbits that were destroying crops and other things in australia they built a 1500 mile rabbit proof fence that went across australia and so this movie it takes place i'm i'm going to blank out on what year it takes place in but it's far enough in the past that some of the aboriginal children are being taken from their communities and being taken to these religious schools and they are kind of being reconditioned to join polite, civilized Australian society. And these two girls, two, I think sisters, they escape from the school and they're trying to get back to their community and they are like trying to walk back and trying to find their community and they kind of follow this rabbit-proof fence as they're going along to try to get back home. So Interesting. I, I, I remember it being a really good movie. I have not seen it in years, but I really enjoyed it. Cool, man. So that's the one I'm going to throw out there as kind of a, a runner-up movie. And uh, if somebody's looking for a good one to watch, that's if they can find that one somewhere. I believe it's available on Pluto TV for free. Okay. If you have that. All right. So, so that's my answer. Longmire and Rabbit Proof Fence.
2: Right on. For me, this... And Dances with Wolves are the first two that kind of pop into my head.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, it made me think of, when we were talking about Graham Greene, it made me think of Dances with Wolves, and it's just such a good movie.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yes, it is indeed. I am going to jump in really quickly because I was trying to find this earlier when you mentioned it. You mentioned the movie Colors, Pat. Yeah. Yeah. We did that one back in 2018. If anybody wants to go back and listen to it, it is episode number 185. So now that you mentioned that, I'm like, I might go back and listen to that one. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Let's see. Then my last question, question number three, is who is your favorite grandpa-type character from a movie or TV show? Oh, grandpa-type
2: character. Princess Bride.
1: Yeah, that was my answer, too. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Anything yeah. Wilfred Brimley's ever been in since I've been alive?
1: Yep. As you wish.
2: As you wish.
1: <sighs> Wilfred Brimley, the uh, the diabetes commercials?
0: <laughs> sure, those, <laughs> too. Yep. I suppose I can't say Quint from Jaws. That just doesn't Maybe. outside, I, I outside the spirit of the question, right? If you
1: picture him as a grandpa kind of character, then sure.
0: <laughs> this one's hard. This I'm struggling with this one for some reason. This one was
2: hard. I had a I started down a weird path myself. I have a bit of a dark horse one, but I don't want to say it unless Pat
0: hits on it. So I'm gonna I mean, give him a minute. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I keep coming back to Obi-Wan Kenobi from Star Wars. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. You know what I'm okay. saying? I don't know. And and like then someone could say, well, what about Yoda? But I don't know that Yoda had that same kind of grandfather vibe that Obi-Wan Kenobi always had. Yeah. In the, in the original Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> I, I'm right. struggling this one, guys. I'm really struggling simple. with this one.
1: I, I do always enjoy me some Grandpa Simpson.
0: Oh, uh, okay. there you go. Yeah.
1: There's Grandpa from the Munsters. hmm I'm trying, still trying to figure out how Quint is a Grandpa character.
0: Yeah, I don't know. That would just be a little bit too much of a reframe, probably. Well,
1: well, grandkids. Let me tell you a story. We didn't see the first shark for about half an hour. A tiger, thirteen footer. Yar. This here, kids, is called the dorsal. All right. Did we did we stump you, Pat?
0: I I think that's it. I think I'm going to stick with Obi Wan Kenobi. Right, like then. honestly, I'm going to. That's acceptable. Yeah, I got nothing else, man. Okay. I I got nothing else. So right. my my dark horse, yeah. and you could debate whether
2: it's grandfatherly or not, because it's been played many different ways. But the Alfred Pennyworth from Batman '89, Batman Returns.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Well done.
2: When it's played as an older, wiser. That can be yeah, that's an interesting old. little... What's
1: What was his name?
2: Um, Michael... Michael Gough? Gough? Go? Gough? <laughs> yeah, I struggled yeah. a little with that. Felt bad about it, but I struggled with it. Michael Goch
1: is a very different person. He's an old Klingon grandpa.
2: Anyway. You will show him respect. He is best
1: served live. I, I don't know. Uh, then, it's then just it,
0: fun doing the Klingon music.
1: I know. Well, then I was going to go into like some kind of a Gollum thing. and like, give it to us raw and
2: wriggling. And I don't know.
1: Wow. So that
0: was going a different direction.
1: That, went,
2: it, that took a turn.
1: That went quickly. a very different direction. Ladies and gents, that's going to do it for this episode. You can find us at 30podcast.com at 30podcast on different social media places. Our next episode's coming up. This month our Patreon episode is King of Comedy from 1982. I had not seen that one before watching it earlier this last week and I now wish that I had watched that movie before having seen the Joker movie that came out a couple of years ago. Really. Just because of all of the ways that that movie ties in together and and how it was influenced by that and like I'm I'm watching King of Comedy going oh
2: i get it i get
1: it now okay i see what we're doing here so so that's our patreon episode our two patreon shorts for this month are rocky three from 1982 and black adam from 2022 just he, he didn't spoil anything for me but a friend of the show tristan martin who has also been a guest host on the podcast full of kryptonite a couple of different times that I also do with the Shirley podcast guys. He went to go see it this afternoon with his whole family. And he wrote back and said, it was so much fun. Cool. So, so all the stuff, like the critics saying how terrible it is and, and all that, all I'm hearing from people that are going to see it, like actual people, not movie critic type people is it's a lot of fun. Like, does it have some flaws? Sure. But it's, it's supposed to, it's supposed to be really, really fun. So I I am looking forward to going to see that one.
2: Yeah, that's what you want to hear.
1: Yeah. All right. So the rest of the episodes this month, next week, we've got Malcolm X. Then after that, Unforgiven, then Chaplin, and we're finishing off the month of November with A River Runs Through It. Then once we get to that point, we are in – we're in December, guys. I can't even believe – 2022, 1992, whatever you want to call it, is just about over. We only got a couple months left. Yeah. to the month of December. Our Patreon is Eating Raul from 1982. Our Patreon shorts are going to be Christmas Story Christmas from 2022 and Conan the Barbarian from 1982. Our regular episodes for the month of December are Santa Claus the Movie, The Babe, All I Want for Christmas, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, and The Muppet Christmas Carol. So all kinds of good stuff coming up there at the end of the year gentlemen very as, exciting stuff. as always i love talking movies with you
2: yeah guys yeah thanks for pulling us together john
1: yeah all right definitely Let's come on back here next week we've got malcolm x and all the other good stuff coming up for the rest of the month of november we are thankful for all of you that listen to the show for those that support the show by being one of our patreon co-executive producers thank you thank you thank you thank you so much and, and even if you're not supporting the show that way but you're sharing it with other people that also really really helps too so thank you so much for all of that gents it's been a blast everybody be excellent to each other go watch some good movies we'll see you back here next week
2: bye